0: hey everybody. Welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at
1: Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can follow me at TheDanUrban. You can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and you can subscribe wherever you listen. And if you like the show, give us that five-star review. It's sitting right there. We talk judging in MMA, so you should learn the criteria. You can find it at abcboxing.com. So, Dan, before
0: we dive into this one i'm gonna just get this out of the way off the bat i did not get the chance to finish crunching my numbers and prepare my data for this show didn't happen
1: hey sometimes things don't
0: happen you know what it's 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 a busy week for me uh with work because of the connor fight coming up here obviously that uh i think you know, did, did anybody know that conor mcgregor was fighting on saturday did, did you know to be yeah. honest
1: doesn't even feel like it but we'll get into that later
0: okay all right i mean i Definitely don't feel that way, but I'm interested for you to share that uh, when we circle back around to the UFC uh, 264 talk. Uh, we we do got a couple of past judgments uh, before we even get into that. I mean, what what have you been up to? What, what what's your week been like?
1: It's been fine. Yeah, How are you yeah. like in the summer? Oh, a little hot, a little warm,
0: a little tired of it. Oh, I'm not tired. Make it winter that. again. I'm fine with that. Oh no, no, no I'm I'm that. I'm all about that.
1: I mean, if it was winter and it stayed light till nine o'clock at night, yeah.
0: No, I, no, sure. please, I, I need it to go back to where it gets dark at like five o'clock so my kids won't stay up late anymore.
1: Uh, listen, this should have never, the, the first fight should have never been the fight we watched <laughs> first because I've been in a sour mood since. Uh,
0: that explains this. Okay, Th- like, that fight is is going to be Dustin Poirier against Jim Miller here. That was a, that was a fight for, I was at that fight. Were you, were you in Brooklyn for
1: that one? No, as I mentioned, I, I hate that arena. That's right, you hate the Barclays Center. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the Barclay Center.
0: <laughs> let's get to past judgment. I think we BS enough, right? Let's go, go. Let's go over how it works. We we've done it before. We've done it yeah, everybody who's listening knows, but do it anyway.
1: All right. CHA criteria basically the same as the ABC criteria, which as we mentioned earlier is available at abcboxing.com. Like certified judges, we score rounds based on the 3 Ds: damage, dominance, and duration. We just made a few key changes. 10-9 is a competitive round which neither fighter checks one of the 3Ds by a large margin. 10A can be considered for just 1D, but should definitely be given when 2Ds are achieved. And a 10-7 is available for checking off 2Ds, but must be given for all 3. We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control, as these are rarely used by judges anyway. The rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All this helps provide for more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. Alright, let's whatever, set it up. (laughs) Dustin and Jim... (laughs)
0: You really are in some mood tonight, my friend. All right, let, let's see if we can get you up for this. It was it was UFC 208, main card, curtain jerker, first one on the pay-per-view at Barclays Center in Brooklyn, like we said, February 11, 2017. I was there. Dan wouldn't go near this arena. Uh, Poye, he's 28 at, at this time, 21-5. He just had his 4-0 run since moving back up to 155 pounds, snapped by Michael Johnson in that infamous knockout that, suffered uh from poye 95 seconds into the fight it's really the last time that has looked that vulnerable against someone who wasn't you know the champion and johnson for that matter johnson got hey he's got the weirdest resume man right mike johnson is a weird resume he is such a strange fighter because he's got you can tell he's got all the talent in the world he he's a really good striker he's, he's got a lot to offer this sport and he could never, ever, ever put it together in any sort of consistent way. Fight to fight. Very round consistent. to round. Yeah. Minute to minute. I mean, it's just it's just with him, I feel like it's I it's fight IQ is just so low. And he hasn't figured out at you know, all just how, how to choker. stop some mission. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Um but yeah, I mean between this knockout of Poirier and the 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 decision victory over Tony Ferguson, which was the last time Tony lost before he went on this. Obviously, this is kind of a rough skid. He's been on three fights now. Um, I mean, those two wins, they're huge. That's like career defining. But everything else is also career defining for him. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's enough Michael Johnson, right? Let's get back to it. Um, uh, Jim Miller, he's 28-8 and eight coming into this one with one no contest. He was 33 at the time. He'd won three straight coming in the latest, a decision at a weird 162 pound catch weight when Tiago Alves, a career welterweight, said, I could be 155, even though I had a hard time making 170 for a while. And he failed miserably. So Jim actually had to gain a little bit more weight and weigh in again so they could make this
1: fight. You remember that? I didn't know that. No.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm 90% on that. I actually didn't verify well, there's that a threshold maybe i'm, maybe I'm be spreading within. yeah i'm pretty sure that's the way it works in new york. new york new york always has some weird stuff um especially since they've come back to mma um but that again like i said that was also in new york so uh both of these last two fights for jim miller not a whole lot of travel from uh north jersey it's pretty good very easy for uh friends and family to come judges for this one were Derek cleary eric cologne and chris lee and the referee Todd Anderson, try to get up for this fight when we talk about this one. All right, getting in round one. What what's going, going on? I'm up for it. All right, I mean, good. It was a good fight. Yeah, it was. Definitely was. So what's what's happening? Yeah, round, round one was really. That one was really close.
1: Close, close round. Absolutely. I thought it was pretty even on the feet, and I was, you know, slight edge to Poirier after the first takedown attempt when he had him against the cage and he started hurting him there a little bit. Yeah. That's like the best offense Poirier has for a while. Yeah, for a while. Yeah, Miller ends up getting the back. And he's attacking the neck. He uh, just didn't last long enough. Yeah, it there. wasn't there very long. Uh, but I thought, I thought, I was like, oh, I mean, Miller's probably got this right now. And then they get up and get into a firefight. And I, I thought Poirier uh, edged that firefight. So I was like, the whole round goes to Poirier ten nine.
0: Yeah, very very close. I I was on the the fence as far as who to give this to, especially even because of that final exchange there, because while Poirier does seem to be landing like the majority of the strikes there. He also seems to be missing or, or not landing very crisply or, or you know cleanly, I suppose, mm. with uh some of these things he kinda of throws it's, it's a lot of wildness here. Uh, but of all the strikes in that exchange, I wanna say Miller had probably the most effective strike, maybe even of the whole round.
1: I thought he landed a solid shot too. It was a weird angle we had too. Yeah. Um, But I did think that was a strong shot for
0: him. I did, too. But ultimately, I think the the strikes that Poirier was able to land, plus the rest of the round, I think it counterbalanced that, you know, that strike, obviously, from Miller and the fact that it was a close round, even with the back take where I just don't think he was able to do enough. It was close. I think Miller had opportunities, but I don't think he took it. So I went 10-9, Poirier. Yep. And that is how two of the three judges saw it. It was Derek Cleary and Chris Lee who saw it the same as you and I, 10-9 for Poirier, and Eric Cologne had this one 10-9 Miller. Totally understandable. I get it. And and for all we know, he had a different angle than some of these guys, and maybe it just it looked a little better to him, you know? I can't fault it. And I know you're not even mad at it.
1: Oh no, I'm not mad. You're no, you're a big no. Jim Miller guy. No, I'm I I'm happy you went for Jim Miller there. Cuz when I was watching this fight, I was like, Oh shell, Jim Miller. <laughs> when you watch it live, you say, "Yeah, okay,
0: all right." So with that one out of the way. This is obviously a very critical round because it's like, well, where does it? Where does the close round go? Those are. It always stinks when you have those rounds because it's like, man, someone's going to lose a hard luck decision, maybe. Um, but round two, I think we get a little bit more uh, definitive of where the fight's going, or at least at this point, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, this round pained me a bit as a fan. Oh yeah, cause Poirier just he's teeing off really. Mm a big shots throughout the round, good damage. Uh, I don't think Miller's hurt really. At yeah. Any point no no diminish in in his spirit. He's definitely firing back the whole way. So, but I mean, he just didn't have anything that compared to Poirier's offense. So ten eight Poirier.
0: Yeah, I also went ten eight Poirier, and uh, you know we should mention too that Miller has been throwing these uh these low kicks. They're essentially some calf kicks in there. There's there's other leg kicks, but. He is throwing.
1: According to DC, they are uh, landing below the knee.
0: Yes, kicks landing below the knee. This we're still not in the phase where we decided to just call it calf kick and make Mm -hmm. it easier on everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Just hilarious how long it took for us to settle on a name, and that's probably why no one's really talking about it until now. When you really get down to it, it's just no one gave it a catchy name, and now they have one. They got one. I think that's probably the difference. Um, But yeah, I. I still think that ultimately, and, and there's there's a discrepancy between the number of strikes that are being landed by Poria and Miller in this round. It's it's clear that Poria is landing more often. He's landing better. Uh, he's not being put in as much danger as he's putting Miller in. So, I mean, you add it all together. I think that's what you kind of look for in a ten eight in our system. Something that doesn't really cross over into that ten seven because there's dominance there or anything like that. It just I'm not saying you couldn't make an argument for a ten-seven in this round. In our I'm system. saying that I just I don't I don't think that would be the most prudent score.
1: I I will say you you're gonna say definitively that i a say 10-8, if someone got a ten and a ten-eight and ABC
0: would not be okay. Is that what you're saying?
1: I would say you can argue damage and duration. Right. Yeah.
0: But that's two D's, which in our system, if you want to go ten seven, you if you yeah, assess but it that's that way you can. But go that's that way.
1: where our, that's a point where it can be like, hey, really sure, and come that, on.
0: Well, that's more or less what I'm saying. Is like I I can see how you'd get there, but I wouldn't go there. I think this is a much clearer ten eight in our system. Oh yeah, that's all I'm really. Um, and as far as the judges themselves, by the way, you and I are both at twenty to seventeen. Poirier mm-hmm. uh, in our system, the the judges in this round. Derek Cleary and Chris Lee, once again, were united. They had another 10-9 for Poirier, who they both have it 20-18 to 18 now for. Eric Cologne, again, the dissenting judge,
1: he had it 10-8 for Poirier. What do you think of that, then?
0: I'm not a fan of it. Not a fan,
1: okay. I mean, Jim Miller getting 10-8? No well,
0: was. of course, you're very personal about this. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know that this was a strong uh, 10-8 at this point, but again, Eric Colón has a different vantage point. Maybe he is seeing something uh, in the reactions of Miller that just looks different live and in person than it does for you and I. And again, I was live for this one, live and in person, but I was much farther away. And if you've never been to uh, a mixed martial arts event, especially a UFC event, and uh, I, I should let you know, there are only a few real good seats at these events. If you're not very 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 close like probably in the first five rows you probably want to be you probably want to be at a point where you're actually like raised up a little bit more level with the cage otherwise just go somewhere cheap cheap seats Th- those are those are like the three places i think you you would want to sit you want to pay like top dollar to sit next to dana white or you want to go in that middle range, like I mentioned, but, or just don't. I mean, honestly, stay home. Really, it's always point. just watching. Way, home. yeah, it has. I mean, no, it's right. not. That's not. But I mean, show.
1: I mean, it in everything, like if you went to a WWF show and you bought floor seats and you weren't in the first two rows, it's like, why'd you buy floor seats? You can't see over anybody.
0: But then you can show your sign on TV. Oh, there is that. You got that. Yeah. I've never been to a WWE show. So I've also never been to WWF show, which is what it, it really still is in my head. It's WWF. Thank you. I'm glad. Uh, Yeah, I I haven't watched that. I think we've documented that. But let's move on to round three. Let's close this out. What's happening here? Do we have I enough mean, for I Miller know. to get up to the he, at this point? He's down three points on our card. He needs the 10 seven. Is he does he get there?
1: He's on his way.
0: <laughs> wow, well, so let's explain that this
1: is probably worse than date diaz round four <laughs> just because i want miller to win so bad well yeah i mean this is this is obviously. He, i mean though. these leg kicks are adding up and now it's noticeable Poirier can't even throw as hard as he was he can't yeah. even walk
0: really he's in real trouble and he's looking for ways to make the pain and make the damage stop
1: i mean he somehow catches one of them and and takes jim da- jim down off of it yeah and he just hangs out there, but then so does Jim just hang out there. Well, you know, and it's you like, know how Jim Miller fights. He expends a lot of that gas
0: tank early. By round three, he kind of has what he has. I think he felt like he could submit him there.
1: And, I mean, he grabs a Kimura late, and it's like, well, okay, that was a solid attempt. It, but, it was I mean, very
0: solid near the end, absolutely. But very it, close on it. I just wish But it didn't really get anywhere too threatening either.
1: I went, well, it was past his thing, and he uh, just powered away. That's what I mean. So, it,
0: it's he kind of got out of it quick enough, is what I mean. Yeah, it it, like... but
1: the problem is, once he gets back to his feet, he re-engages as the aggressor of the grappler trying to go for the takedown himself. And if he just if he just separates and starts hammering the legs again, he might get a finish. Maybe I mean, and that that was what was what was frustrating, but. I mean I, th-
0: I think someone like Jim if I'm going to put myself in uh in the Jim Miller's shoes and and you know he he is who he is he makes his decisions but if I if I'm trying to think like Jim Miller here I think he trusts his grappling game
1: of course he does and
0: I think he believes that okay I've got a wounded animal here I think I can get the finish down here this is where I feel I'm best equipped to get the finish even in this situation or maybe he just made a
1: decision in the heat of the moment I don't know I'm I'm not saying that I'm saying I'm not saying he regrets what his strategy. I'm saying from outside looking in, that wasn't the right strategy. Okay. Like you should just crush that leg and break it like Joe Rogan said. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's broken. He thought he thought Dustin Poirier's leg could be broken.
1: Yeah, but anyway, I, I scored oh a ten nine. It's uh, a it's a ten
0: nine Miller round, yes. That's all this is.
1: I mean Dustin really did nothing. Mm. I mean I, yeah, I, I want to say the s- the punches
0: but... Yeah, there there was at least some trading of punches there. I think there was I don't want to say the striking was even because it wasn't with those leg kicks, but the punching was even. So I would say he was kind of in it, but he was still losing the round, you know. Yeah, on the that, feet. that's where I mean But not enough – I mean, again, it wasn't on the feet long enough. You're right. If he's on the feet long enough, maybe at the very least he gets a 10-8. Now he needs a 10-7 in our scoring, which is irrelevant because that's not actually how it works. Right, but he he could have
1: But the worst score of this whole fight, I'm pretty sure, is uh, Chrisley giving this one to Poirier because I just don't see it.
0: I have trouble seeing this one as a Poirier round as well. Um not a not a fan of the the Chrisley score go, going here because he had all his final score was thirty twenty seven. He just saw this as a Poye, you know, round 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 uh, deal here. Maybe he saw all close rounds or maybe he saw a couple close rounds that that's entirely possible. I'm sure he I would have to think he would have saw round one and round three as close. but um yeah, Chrissley takes a lot of heat. We all know it ever since the the dos Sandros fight, he takes a lot of heat, uh, especially. but. I don't think it's usually deserved. I would say this is probably one of the the scores that I look at from, from Chris Lee, and I say, oh, yeah, this isn't great. Uh, it doesn't really hold up as well. But, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> it kind of. I mean, also, at the same time, and you should try to get every score right, and I'm sure he does. I'm sure he takes it very seriously. All these officials take their job, and the quality of which they do their job very seriously. But you already have two rounds for Poirier. Unless you're giving Miller the 10-8, it doesn't matter what you write down. Mm. There is that component to it. It's kind of like when you throw a pitcher in the game, right? And you're already down, you know, ten runs. You're just trying to eat innings. Does it really matter what happens in there if he gives up a two-run home run? It might. Does it though?
1: It. I mean, there's spreads involved. It, well,
0: yeah, for your gambling purposes. But, I'm just saying. There's, I mean, there's things with, to consider. Look, in in the context of the sport itself, which the athletes don't. They, they they just don't care at all what you're thinking is the better. It's binary. It's did you win? You get a one. Did you lose? You get a zero. That's it. But anyway, as far as uh, circling back to kind of close this fight out, uh, you know, I, my final score is 29-27. Yours is the same. Uh, the... Actual judges whose scores count in a real context of uh, scoring through ABC criteria. Uh, Cleary and Cologne had a 10-9 Miller round here. That meant uh, Eric Cologne had this as a 28-28 draw because he had the 10-8 in round two. Um, I still think if if I'm looking at his card, I would say probably more like a 29-28 would have been much better to to go there if he's going to give uh, Miller the first round. Totally viable. Uh, Cleary had 29-28 Poirier, which is what I would have done. If, if it was me, I'm looking at this, I would say in the ABC criteria... A 29 28 Poirier win. That's what it looks like. Yep,
1: that's what it looks like.
0: Yeah, Yeah, but the right guy won. Didn't matter. Uh, And then uh, Poirier had to uh, get treatment for that leg because it was all messed up. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes that's like, that's kind of the funny thing about these fights. It's like, yeah, there's a scoring system that, that evaluates who won the fight. And then you find out later on, it's like, oh, yeah, this guy was in the hospital and the other guy kind of just went off and did his own thing. It's like, oh, well, who really wins that fight? You know what I mean? Like, in ter- in the context of it being an actual oh, I fight instead in of oh, an epic no, well, contest, okay, you they're what fi- I mean? they're
1: fighting to the death. Jim Miller won, right? So Diaz rules. Nate Diaz rules. Yes. <laughs> and in, and unfortunately, in the case of Diaz versus Jim, Diaz would have won that. Yes, because he finished him. Well, he did win that. Yeah, because he finished him. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. All right, we can close this one out. I think uh, we're moving on from Jim Miller. Hopefully, uh, you can put this a little bit of sourness behind you, sir. No. No. All right, be sour. No, it's fine.
1: I'm happier now. All right. Well, that's
0: good. You just seem a little more. Yeah. A little more calm, a little more at peace with life. I think we just had to get over that hump. All right. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, we've got Dustin Poirier in our other fight again. Or, you know, there's a theme here, of course, Dustin going against Connor this weekend. I th- we thought that this would just be the, the appropriate time to look at some of these uh, excellent fights from an excellent fight catalog, right? He's he, Honestly, He's Dustin Poirier fighter. has, you. I've been talking about this on social media, you could throw a dart. Or three darts at a list of fights that Dustin Poirier has been over, let's say, the last, really his his entire uh, UFC, WEC career. Uh, mostly UFC. And I don't think you're going to pick a dud. Like, you can't think of a dud Dustin Poirier fight off the top of my head. Something excellent or exciting happens in it, whether it was a finish one way or the other, or it's just a, a darn good fight.
1: Maybe, maybe he should start attacking more uh, submissions.
0: Like he used to, you think? Yeah, for me. It's funny, he he used to be, like, when I would think of Dustin Poirier, I would think of him as a very strong grappler with an excellent Dars Yes. Who then got victimized by that Dars against the Korean zombie uh, in a featherweight bout early in his career. That was an excellent fight, too. That would be, I I want to go back and watch that one just for fun, like, very soon. I've been talking about this one a lot, and I really, I've been thinking about it. Well, I, I, just, I should get just get pop it. it in. Oh, no. I can. I can do it. It was just, you know, don't I've been it. busy, like we said. Um... But, yeah, circling back, let's let's get to this fight here. And this one is from last year. It's uh, Dan Hooker.
1: Yeah, this is a crazy round. I think we talked about – I mean, this is a crazy fight. I think we talked about this, like, six times.
0: We've talked about – I mean, it's a great fight. It was one of the yeah. best of the last year. I think it was your fight of the year, correct? You yeah. Gave it, you gave it the judgy?
1: This one, the judgy. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you mail those out to uh, Dustin and, and did, uh, Dan Hooker? I did we told them I... they were getting them.
1: We did tell him they're getting them, but I didn't mail them out because uh, Dustin gave me his hot sauce instead. And while it's not bad, it's not great.
0: When you say he so, gave you the hot sauce, you mean you went and purchased the hot sauce without I, his knowledge?
1: I exchanged money for it. Okay. Yes. I got you. And then he gave it to me. Yeah, fair enough. In the mail. <laughs> did you? Is that how you have to get it? I from, don't know. From the company that sells it.
0: Okay, I don't know how it works. I, I'm not a hot sauce guy, so. Yeah, it's eh. A... Not in a hot sauce. I'm not in a whiskey, so I'm not really up for the ho- the products being hawked by our headliners this weekend.
1: Wish they start throwing bottles of it at each other. I want a fighter to start selling
0: his or her own cookie dough, like raw cookie dough, not raw raw cookie dough, but like you know the the, the cookie dough. You know who that's would, edible? The cook- <laughs> edible cookie you dough.
1: Know, you know who would sell this?
0: Carlos Barza, the and Cookie would, Monster, and
1: it would be the most blandest cookie dough of all time. <laughs> so <laughs> at least you're on the same page. There. You hate her. I, I don't hate her. I don't, hate her. I don't hate her. I'm sure like you don't hate her fights. as a person. No, she. well, I mean, I wasn't a fan of her on Tough. I thought there was a lot of mean girl stuff there, going on. there was a little bit of but, that. That's true. Uh, her fighting style is really all, all I'm judging on, and it, it does uh, it kind of bores it me. It doesn't so, match with
0: you. I understand. I understand. And and honestly, it's kind of so she's part. out
1: of the running for favorite fighters. <laughs> Let's point that out right
0: now. All right, anyway. Poor A hooker. I'll set this one up here. It's the uh, this was the headliner of a UFC fight night from UFC Apex in Las Vegas. June 27th of last year. And I want to say, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just not remembering correctly because I've only slept three or four hours the last uh, 36, 40 hours or so. Yeah. My kid woke me up. Deal Sleep. With it. Sleep. So, Sleep. Sometimes Sleep. you got to do it. Anyway, um, I think this was our... I think this might be our first UFC Apex past judgment. Do you think so? I don't think so. Well, what do you think was? Did it? I don't mean since the... Uh, since the you know the kind of the dawn of the pandemic, right now,
1: I thought didn't we do uh, hmm. I, th- I could swear. We oh, you know
0: what we did? We did uh, Figueroa Moreno, that's right, yeah, yeah, that's that was the first one, okay. But I did this, this fight in particular, and we'll, I think we can get to it in a little bit. Has it, it has a lot of like the best and worst elements of the uh, UFC Apex era kind of rolled into one. I think you know what I'm going to be, uh, what I'm alluding to, but we'll bring it up in a bit. Uh, for this fight, Poirier, he is now 31 years old, 25 and six with a no contest. He was coming off a third round rear naked choke tap out loss in his bid to dethrone made up the previous September. That was a unification bout, of course, because Poirier was the interim champ, having beaten Max Holloway five months previous to that. Hooker, 20 and eight, age 30. He won his third in a row when he took a split decision from Paul Felder in front of home fans in New Zealand four months earlier, right before the world shut down and and New Zealand in particular shut down.
1: Real real quick, something that was a tweet that came through on this fight. Sure. Paul Felder said, I'd come out of retirement for either one of these guys. Yes. He he already had Hooker. (laughs) So is he really saying, I'll come out of retirement to fight Poirier? I mean, that might have been kind of what he's alluding to.
0: You know what? he did lose that split decision and it was a very contested split decision. Uh, so just wanted it back. maybe he just wants it back. I mean, I guess, look, I actually just had, speaking of Felder, I, I just spoke to him last week for uh, some of these stories I've been writing for the New York post. Um, and-, and one of the things he did bring up is the fact that just fighters in general, every fighter, especially him, him, you know, relating to his own experience. Anytime you lose a fight, you think back to those decisions. You're like, eh, how do I do it differently? I want it back. I want it back. So like, from that mentality, if this particular fighter you're bringing up, I totally get why he would want Hooker again because that's right. still raw. I mean, that's a raw nerve. It's only four months earlier. Yes, yeah, and true. he feels he won the fight. Several people thought he won the fight. I think I we think actually I won, did this. I one. think I said I. Yeah, won the I think fight. you thought so too. So I mean, realistically, don't don't you see why he'd want it again? Yeah, yes he could. Yeah. yeah. But, but what I, what I do think is a little funny about this is that he says, "Oh, I, I would want to get out of retirement for this." He had sort of retired after that one, but not exactly. And then he came back and had the Dos Anjos fight on short notice. Of course, he just had a kind of a few days uh, notice of that one because they needed a body, uh, and he was willing to step up. But he did a formal retirement just about. Five six
1: weeks ago. So was he really retired then? I don't know. It's weird. He was. Well, was he out of the Usada pool? I don't know. I think that's what I don't constitutes know. Constitutes that... an actual retirement or not? I don't
0: know. I mean, what does that mean for Khabib? I have no idea if he's in the pool or not because he's that dude's retired. I'm sorry, but but if he's in the pool, I'm not necessarily saying he's not retired. Yeah, he's just leaving his options open because let's say he wants to come back. Let's say he does allow himself to change his mind. You don't want to wait six months to get back in. Yeah, that's true. I get it. It doesn't make sense to close out unless you really hate the idea of them knowing where you are at all times and having to comply with all that stuff, which I would get to. Anyway, um, and that fight, by the way, the the uh, Felder-Hooker fight, that really was one of the best fights of the year. That was a great fight, yeah. (laughs) Hooker was in, I want to say he was in like two of the four best
1: fights last year. Yeah, and I mean that could explain why... He went out against Chandler. I mean, he just took so much it damage. T- it
0: probably took a lot of... Uh, so. I mean, he's 30... I want to say he's 31 right now. He's probably... He probably aged two or three years since was... the since before, like, week before the Felder fight.
1: Yeah, these two fights are... poof. Yeah,
0: brutal fights. And great fights, too. We, we will remember him fondly, uh, and hopefully he will remember them fondly. Judges for this one. Derek Cleary, Eric Colone, Sal D'Amato. Referee for this is
1: Herb Dean Round one, let's dive in. No more BS. Go for it. Close, fun round. Yeah. Poirier was landing good body kicks, some good strong uh, punches to the head, but on the whole, I think Hooker's landing better. He's going to the legs. He's going to the head. I think he's just a bit stronger. 10-9.
0: Every chance that I thought where Hooker was starting to kind of pull a little further away, and I was saying to myself, I'm like, you know what? He's getting closer to the 10-8 than he is to the 10-9 the other way. Mm -hmm. Then... Poirier would pull it back. He would show signs of life. He'd make it closer again. And you're like, all right, he's in this. Yep. I don't think he's pu- pushing the you know the needle over the the threshold to get it over to his own side, Poirier. But he he keeps on keeping it competitive enough that you wouldn't go for that 10-8 r scoring. It's it's just a simple 10-9 hooker. I went the same as you. All three judges had the same way too. All right. Nothing changes we for this one. We all
1: see it the same
0: way. Yes, we do. And round two. Uh, we, we've got, we've got some, I think a firmer round for hooker in my yeah. assessment, right? Yeah.
1: A bit firmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was a crazy round.
0: Yeah. Oh, this is, this is definitely one of the best rounds of last year. I don't, I don't, we don't have a ranking of that, but man, this was a great freaking round. <laughs> These
1: guys were just bombing on each other. Yeah. Like the whole way. Both are bloodied up. Hooker, uh, he was ripping the body good. He's attacking the legs. Bisping's getting all excited. Bisping's losing his mind. Shouting it, out instructions, he, he turned into a corner. Uh, but I I thought it was interacting uh, with with uh, Poirier too. I forget if it was this round or another. That round, was round it, one. With it the was low, round lows. one. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What what was it again? He said. He said that's what the cup's there for. Or aim aim a little lower. Aim a little higher. Or something. Yeah. And then Dustin told Hooker, Yeah, listen to Bisping.
0: Yeah, that's right. That was what it was. <laughs> like man that that i feel like is is perfectly emblematic of and bisping in in the whole in this fight is emblematic of the uh the ufc apex era as we've had it because we have more that we can hear in the cage, but also there's more that the fighters can hear so there's it kind of changes the experience for the fighters themselves and makes it a little
1: weird i think you said it said it perfect this was like this was the apex of bad bisping commentary and he's been correcting since. I don't think I... He's on his way down. I don't think I said apex, but you made a really good pun. I mm-hmm. was intending to make it... That's really well done, sir. Thank you. So, I tipped my hat. Thank you. Yeah. See? My brain's working
0: now. Yeah, mine's not. <laughs> 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 told you I need sleep, man. Leave me
1: alone. Yes, I, I went 10-9 hooker. The, the final 20 seconds is what solidified it for me, because he's just smashing him really against the cage, and, and Dustin's pretty hurt, so...
0: You know what? I... I saw it a little different than you. I think we you and I were differently calibrated because the way I saw this round was Hooker was winning uh, winning enough in this round. Mm. I don't think it was any sort of blowout for most of the round over Poirier. But, uh, obviously Poirier is having his shots too, but I think Hooker's still getting the much better of it to the point where I'm like, "Okay, this is a solid 10-9 for Hooker." And then there's that last few seconds, like 10-15 seconds or something mm-hmm. like that, and Hooker just unloads and Poirier looks like he's in real, real he trouble.
1: Like he's like he almost out.
0: Yeah, when when the so maybe I
1: should have went tight. When the horn sounds, yeah, when the horn but sounds,
0: I didn't. You see, Poirier is clearly affected by these strikes, and I think he kind of shakes himself out of it very quickly. But it's not that he wasn't there. It's just I think he kind of gets out of it. And you know, you you don't want to say say about the bell because you you the judges do not say okay. Well, what would have happened if it kept going? They assess what happened. But I would have to think. That at least millisecond, that moment where the action breaks and you can see what's in the fighter's face, I would have to think that's a good way to read how that went. And and for, at least from my read, I thought that pushed it from a 10-9 hooker to a 10-8 hooker. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's where I went. That was my thinking. Um, I You wouldn't go 10-8 hooker in the ABC scoring. I don't think it's that close to that at all. I think this is just a very heavy 10-9 in, in ABC. Yeah. But that's just, that's but I just like, me. I went...
1: Yeah, I didn't push it that far. But I understand. I,
0: I don't think that's that's a real problem. I think you were not just 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 a little bit off, right? Like we saw the same thing. Yeah. We were just a little off from it. I, yeah. Um, but yeah, for me now, I have it twenty to seventeen for Hooker. You have it twenty to eighteen, mm-hmm. which is the same way as all three judges who all gave this ten nine Hooker as well. Wild mm-hmm. round, crazy, really great round.
1: Um, but then you start to see Poirier start to put it together much more. I felt like Hooker came into this round like he's like you know what. Last round was insane-o. I got to go a little easier this round. A little easier round three. Um, I think I'm wrong as the fight progresses. I was like, well, I guess I think I was wrong on that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I this one was good for Poirier. I thought he was landing good shots. And then on the ground, he attacked that solid guillotine. And then from on the bottom, he was landing good elbows and, and strikes. So I didn't think it went to a 10-9. I thought this was a lower output round overall. And... You, a ten,
0: you didn't think it went past the 10-9. Right, yeah. Sure? I, okay. I
1: don't think it went past the 10-9 for Poirier. But that's where I went yeah i agree i don't think anything
0: got too threatening to effective, you know overly effective i suppose in, you know, in any sort of way that pushed it past there there's no i don't think we have dominance for duration we've really only got one d here and it's not to a high degree so i feel much better about this just being a 10-9 pour a round just like you
1: yeah and um one thing's for certain the control on top was not winning dan hooker the round
0: yeah uh dominic cruz typical dominic cruz form on on the uh the criteria calls there. Yes, you know, <laughs> I feel like we're overly harsh to Dominic Cruz in some ways. I mean, he kind of
1: we praise everything else. We
0: praise everything else. We don't like the uh the ways in which he unfairly criticizes officials, especially, of course, the Keith Peterson BS. Like uh, all that stuff that was silly.
1: That was just. I mean, it's more than silly. It's just totally well, uncalled for. Th- yeah. Well, it's silly. It to even have that argument conjure up in your head. It's like. What are you thinking? The reason I
0: say it, it's it kind of goes. I'm obviously arguing semantics of a word here, but like I, I, think it goes past that because what you're doing is you're putting a narrative out there for people who don't always follow the sport that Keith Peterson is a referee who you should not trust the next time out, and I think that is just garbage. I think that's flat garbage. Well, yeah, that's not good. Keith Peterson is. I mean, I don't, I don't have like a definitive ranking in my head, but I feel like in my head somewhere. Keith Peterson belongs in the top five of, of officials who I would trust to referee about that I was in to do it right, to do it safely, to give me <laughs> all the chances, but also stop it when the time is right. It
1: it did. It did start the Keith Peterson Army. Is you... that what started it? No. I don't think there was a Keith Peterson Army before then.
0: I don't buy it. I'm sure they were out there some in some way. I...
1: <laughs> you're a victim of them.
0: Well, you know what? If it did, then good. At, at least someone catalyzed behind uh, one of our better officials who, you know. From the platform that Dominic Cruz, I don't think, understands the power of, he was kind of punching down at Keith Peters. I I understand. He's got sour grapes. He he wanted to keep fighting in a fight that he was not winning and probably was not going to win, let's face it. And he was hurt. And he was hurt. Justified stoppage. Was it the greatest stoppage of all time? No. But justified. You can justify it. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you can justify it in a way you're like, I guess so. It's a fine stoppage. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, It's fine. Anyway, getting back to, to this round 10-9, Ten nine, Poirier. Like I said, all three judges saw it the same way. So they've got a twenty nine twenty eight. You've got a twenty nine twenty eight all for Hooker at this point. I have twenty nine twenty seven for Hooker. All right. So there's still more work to do for Poirier to uh, get back into this one. And uh, you know, round four, I want to say he definitely made a case for it, right? Yeah, this was a solid round. Good round. Big
1: for him. punches on the ground in the turtle position, um, where he's got he's got Hooker down in the turtle, face down. Yep. And he just punched him in the face, throwing elbows. Uh, and then he tried was, to get the so back. What,
0: someone was saying at this point. I, I want to say it was uh who who was it? Was it DC was on the call
1: or no? DC was with, with the Miller fight. DC was uh, Miller fight. Thank you. I'm losing this was this Bisping. Cruise, Bisping was and saying Anik. that
0: the that the finish was close. Right, I think.
1: If he kept punching, but some, but he decided to jump on the back. He did instead. Uh, what he attacked a uh, arm bar, which wasn't really great at first, but he got it. He adjusted. Yeah, I mean, and he's s-
0: he's got great grappling, man.
1: That was that was solid. He had the arm extended. Hooker fights out of it. You you exclaim, Mo, because we're watching this one right next to each other. You go automatic ten seven. Poirier switches to an <laughs> omoplata, and right there, I was like, oh, that's automatic ten yep, seven. There you go. <laughs> um, he's cranking it. I mean, Hooker good defense, but he really didn't have uh the offense to prevent himself from getting ten ed there. So ten eight Poirier. In our system,
0: yes, that's a ten eight. I I feel good about that one for all the reasons you said. I I. How close were you to going to a 10-7 in our system though? Just curious. I don't think uh, I don't think that thought even came in my head. I don't think so either. That's why, you know, again, we look at this score the scores here from the judges. Uh Derek Cleary and Saldamato, they had a 10-9 for Poirier, which ties it up at 38 all. Eric Cologne had a 10-8 here. So second fight in a row in which he sees a 10-8 for Poirier. And i am just I'm, you know, I think you can I think you can argue it because i mean we're talking about a 10 8 here in our system which essentially means you know more or less what you i guess yeah, you call I like don't an mind eight and it a half yeah i don't, I don't mind I, it but i don't, I, I, don't th- I don't think it was the best score
1: to give in this particular situation because i think i think poker was in a lot of danger i think you getting. If, if you're giving it for the arm bar yeah fine you, that and i think and, the turtle and, punches and maybe that was what cologne saw
0: and that would be perfectly fine so I, I get it
1: i think it's high damage and i think dominance on the ground because he's transitioning from submission to submission sure okay so I-, I could see it
0: there's two d's right yeah if there's two d's you could go 10-8 but that really underlines the problem that i've been talking about with the criteria is the fact that we leave it so open so that we have situations where cologne can make a good case for it based on the criteria and then clearing the motto can also make a very equal uh, an equally strong case for just the ten nine. And I don't think it should be that way. It should be a little easier for these guys to all get on the same page. It should be easier. Why no no judge left behind. That's what <laughs> I that's what we say. Well no one saw for Hooker, so that's good. <laughs> so that's true. Everybody look the judging in this fight was pretty much on point. There's nothing wrong here. Um but because of the ten eight there, it goes thirty eight thirty seven Poirier for Eric Cologne. But for all intents and purposes, round five is the winner of that round is gonna do it because two of the Judges have it tied here. Um, that's really all that matters. Uh, but because I had a ten eight for Poirier here and you had a ten eight for Poirier,
1: what is your score? I am at a thirty-eight, thirty-seven Poirier. So you have the same score as Eric Cologne. I have
0: thirty seven all. Tied up. So I have it tied just like clearing the model, but I got there in a different way. Yeah. Because I had a little more freedom to to be a little more loose with uh the round two. Round two and round four. Round five again. I have it tied. You have it virtually tied. Um, Poye is up by one, but what do you get? What do you get here? uh, Who's going to win this round? Who wins this round?
1: At this point, Dan Hooker's on fumes.
0: He's definitely not. I don't know that he's on fumes, but I think he, I mean, he's definitely a diminished fighter. He's not the type of fighter you want going five rounds. He could do it. But ideally, he can take care of business in fifteen minutes, or obviously less. He can finish, guys.
1: Well, that was my that was my point with round three. I was like, maybe he's just you know trying to rest a bit in this round, mm-hmm. to, so he can go all five. But I think that was uh, wrong.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. He so. he doesn't have like the same cardio issues that you just say disa- associate with you know even Conor McGregor who we we've seen go five rounds with Diaz, but I think he was more or less um, not dragged there, but allowed to kind of get there. Um,
1: yeah, because around four. Yeah,
0: I know, we know we we've, we've done this. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. Um, Striking
1: all nerves today.
0: I know. I'm sorry. Uh, round five though, what's happening here?
1: Uh big damage from Dustin Poirier, mm-hmm. pretty much the whole round. Yeah, I mean, Hooker's in it, but, like, I. there's, like, no steam left on as punches, it didn't seem. That's like, true, so.
0: absolutely. He he can't get any pepper behind it to the point where, he, like, obviously he needs to win a round just to, if he wins the round, he wins the fight. But
1: like he doesn't yeah. have enough We're, in him. There's a point where he's got the clinch, the Muay Thai clinch, and he lands a knee to Dustin's head, and it's like, Dustin's like, what was that? And he just smashes him in the face with a right. <sighs> yeah. There's so, a lot of
0: smashing faces going on like, here from Poirier.
1: He attacks that guillotine late which if he wasn't sweaty I think it'd be very close to a finish. Like I don't I'm not saying Dan Hooker would tap, but I think he might go out. Okay. He popped it. Like if he wasn't sweaty, he would have been choked. All but right. I mean, I guess you can't weigh that cuz it didn't actually happen. But, no. You can't. It's can only weigh what happens, sir. But anyway, 10-8 Poirier. That's what I had to. I had a 10-8 Poirier
0: and and this would be a natural 10-9. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, in yeah. In
0: ABC, yeah. You of course. Push I don't I don't think it's a very strong case. I, I, I don't even think it's much of a like 10, in the ABC. I don't think you could get there very well. But I think in our scoring, there is a little more flexibility. So you can get that 10,
1: 8. Because you had damage.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So I have uh, 47, 45 for Poirier. You have 40, 48, 45, 8, 45 for Poirier. Uh, the judges, again, they had this one 10, 9 for Poirier, all three of them. Cleary and Damato now have a final of forty-eight forty-seven for him because, again, for them, it was who won the round. You win the fight. Poirier won the round. Eric Colone had this one as a forty-eight forty-six Poirier, which I I feel like just about represents more or less your the the fact that your score was it, it was off by what? How many points are we off in yours? One. One. Yeah, I'm off by one each fighter, so it was mm-hmm. just a little different. Good fight, great. I mean, really great fight. But I think a lot of it has to do with the ebb and flow to this fight where it starts hooker, but it's also kind of back and forth. And then it starts to really you get kind of that championship level fighter feel coming from Poirier where he starts to rally. And of course, the epic round, too.
1: Yes. Oh, great round.
0: The round two defines this fight.
1: You go watch round. Two. I think Fat Joe tweeted something. Fat Joe was loving
0: this fight. It was his favorite fight he'd ever seen or something like that. Yeah. I don't know if he just started watching that week or what, but I mean it was a great fight. So excellent fight. Yeah. Um and that's that's it for our past judgments. You know, we we kinda had some sidetracks and trails and you know, went this and that. But we have made it. To the UFC 264 talk, it's the fight everyone has been talking about, except for Dan uh, Urban over here. Who's I don't. Not that th- to be it?
1: I just don't see it. What is the what? What is it you don't see? I'm curious. I really I'm am generally not seeing the attention for this fight. Like I don't know if I'm shadow banned from seeing all these people's uh, <laughs> media. Like I don't see it on ESPN. Uh, I'm bombarded with soccer talk. Like every time I turn ESPN on, they're talking about this Euro Cup thing and the NBA Finals. Well, the
0: NBA Finals and like, stuff. Hey, hey I give it that.
1: I mean, is Conor McGregor fighting or is he not fighting? Yeah, he's fighting, but not yet. He's fighting but, on the weekend. I know, but it's like months leading up to a Conor McGregor fight, you hear things and, and you get things like well, you, didn't you, you didn't you didn't hear
0: Conor call uh, Poirier a the other day?
1: I didn't hear that. No. Oh yeah. Like I call feel, him peahead. I feel
0: he, great insult. It's a terrible insult. Isn't, it's so
1: stupid isn't being his normal Connor self because he just doesn't care to be and he doesn't have to be.
0: He's kind of a – I feel like at this point what we're seeing from Connor Hype is like – it's like a parody of what Connor Hype used to be.
1: It's like he's going through the motions I think so. It.
0: He had posted too – I don't know if you saw this. He had posted uh, – I don't know if it was like Photoshopped or whatever. It was it, – maybe it was real, maybe it wasn't, but it was uh, a DM request uh, to send a message to Connor from Dustin Poirier's wife, Joel Lee. And, I mean, probably if it was real, I didn't really investigate it as much. I just thought it was silly. But if it was real, it was probably, uh, hey, Connor, can you send over that check to the uh, foundation you said you were going to send over? That- and if it was fake, then it's so stupid. It's just dumb. Like, what's the implication that, that she's trying to, like, go behind Dustin's back to go to you? Like, get out of here. Like, that's not how it works.
1: I just don't up. understand. Well, I do understand. I think when he came back to fight Dustin the second time, he tried to be the humble guy yeah
0: he he like he puts on it's almost like so, he looks in the closet right and he picks the coat for the day is he gonna be the humble connor that that wants everyone to like him again or is he gonna be you know the d-bag that he likes to be
1: i and then now for this fight he's like oh man that didn't really work out for me going into it we're like no animosity so like now i'm gonna have to like try to turn it up a notch but i'm not really turning it up a notch i'm not being the old connor you know it just doesn't feel like a Conor McGregor fight, and and this feels like he doesn't care. Like I, I feel like he truly doesn't care. That's how. That's that's the impression I'm getting from it. My attitude can change on Thursday after the press conference.
0: Yeah, absolutely. When if you're he, gonna be listening to this on Friday, we we're not talking so about what happens at Thursday's press conference.
1: If Thursday it gets crazy and I feel it's genuine, my whole feeling about this fight could could just flip, and I'll be like, "Wow, this is gonna be awesome."
0: Well, I think you'll have to share that on social media if that's the case.
1: I I will, but. As of right now, I'm not feeling it. That's fine. I, I'm just not feeling it. I understand. That's fine, man. Um, am I excited I, for the fight? I kinda wanna see the fight, yeah. Because it's a great matchup.
0: I do think uh, I do think Connor truly does care on some level about this because what does this fight mean for him? Like what what does it really mean for him? If he wins, I mean he gets to fight for the title again and he gets to go back and he, he gets to be the champ again, which he, has, he realistically has not actually been a champion. Since the night he looked flawless against Eddie Alvarez almost five years ago. That I mean, was... He's he's probably felt like a champion for longer after that, and he probably still feels like a champion. But realistically, that was the last time he was fighting like a champion. He, he Ever since then, it's been boxing and you know, distractions and, and losing to Khabib, who's the actual champion. And, you know, he beat Cowboy, which, okay, like... I actually thought that Cowboy had a chance coming into that because obviously I'm dumb. Uh, But it what we've seen from Cowboy is he just isn't the same fighter anymore. He's very much um, I if we're on the golf course, he's probably uh, teeing off that whole 18 getting ready to kind of wrap this up. I I think he really does see that if he loses this one, it's like, man, I gave this guy who I already beat a chance. To get me back, I gave him a second shot, which I don't ever do. I certainly didn't do to Jose Aldo, who realistically deserved a second shot.
1: Well, they paid Jose back by giving him a title fight off a loss. Uh, so it's—I it's, mean, I don't—I still don't
0: think it equates. But uh, at any rate, I don't think he wants to go down to one in a trilogy because that will be there. That's part of the legacy. Is he lost two out of three to a guy he'd already beat? And I don't think he wants that. I think that I think there's I don't know if it's a hunger. I think it's probably motivated almost by fear. I don't say he's I'm not saying he's scared of Dustin Poirier, but I think he's there is possibly some sort of fear is a strong word for it. it it's really just kind of he, he just disdains the idea that he could actually have this stain on his ledger. And it's like, damn, I don't want that. I'm better than Dustin Poirier. I don't think he is, but, you know. I think that's where he's coming from. So, I do think he's going to be motivated. I really do. Uh, and I do think we're going to get a better fight, actually, this time. Because he's going to be more prepared. He's actually training mixed martial arts. Imagine that. Instead of boxing for this fight. Crazy, right?
1: Yeah. I, you know, I kind of blame Poirier, too. Why? For my lack of interest. Okay. Because he, he didn't have to be the nice guy in the last the last fight, either. But he... I mean, he's not, like, super nice
0: guy. But I think he's a genial enough guy. And he I really mean, just kind of respects himself and others.
1: I mean, Connor. I mean disrespected him badly like you don't gotta be nice to this guy i don't think he cares man i think
0: he's just he's well, an adult a... he's moved on with his life just get
1: over it no but you gotta market you gotta make me want to watch your fight he's
0: making a lot of money on so, this i think he feels
1: okay but there's other fights i don't want to see oh that's fine I, it's just you know what another thing about this fight is that it's not for a title but it's being treated as a title fight kind of Well, the last and... one was the same it's just like, oh, come on, man. The one
0: thing I'll say about this though, and 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 I do have a reason why this also doesn't work, but Dustin Poirier, I still look at as the number one lightweight in the world. You know, we we've talked about this before. Actually, MMA Fighting, they I don't know why it took this long, but they finally came out with their own um rankings panel that they do. Is so they have eight panelists on their on their rankings. I liked it. I liked what they did. Um and they ranked uh at lightweight seven out of the eight panelists had Poirier over the champion Charles Oliveira. And obviously I agree with that. So in the sense, you can look at this as the battle for who is the number one lightweight in the world. But also, if that's the case, why would you give Conor McGregor an immediate rematch on, you know, (laughs) ignore the money factors? Obviously we know why this fight was made, but that's how kind of I look at it, is the chance to watch the best lightweight in the world now that Khabib is gone. And that's Dustin Poirier.
1: And if Conor wins... And if Connor wins, then he gets that mantle as the best lightweight, like he automatically jumps. Well, you the know airport. what?
0: You know what it is? It actually muddles it more. I should really say that I, it definitely just makes it a lot muddier. I don't think we're going to actually get the true definitive absolute best lightweight in the world until we get, let's say, the winner of this fight faces Oliveira and then the winner of that fight faces let's say Justin Gaethje or if he ends up fighting Michael Chandler like a lot of people are calling for if they can finally kind of put together this or put an end to this like free for all kind of thing the winner of all that that is definitively the leader of the pack in the post Khabib world what yeah, do you think of that you I like that so. yeah
1: i like that okay all
0: right but but it's as far as this fight let's let's
1: kind of let's circle back here what's happening who do what's your pick until I see a Thursday, I don't have a pick. Like, I mean, as of right now, I think Poirier is going to win because I don't think okay. McGregor cares. Okay. Uh, Thursday, depending how I feel, how genuine he is there, could change my pick. Okay. But uh, as of now, I'm going with Poirier. But it, it could change.
0: I feel very good about Poirier in this one. I'm not saying Conor couldn't win. Uh, he was competitive for 100% in that first fight, even not knowing how to deal with calf kicks as if, you know, no one had been throwing them for the last several years especially lately shows how much mma connor was watching <laughs> i mean come on like were you even at the gym um i i definitely feel good about poirier to win this though so i am going with i'm gonna i'll say round three um tko but really any middle round stoppage you know tko sub ko i i somewhere in you know the i want to say two three four range but more like three four hope he subs him. No, I hope he did. T- I'm not trying to root necessarily. Obviously, a lot of people kind of know where I stand as far as Conor McGregor and his antics and stuff. I'm just tired of it. I've never been a fan of it. So I wouldn't mind Dustin Poirier winning this one. But if he does win it, I think it would be poetic if it was strikes again because Conor's whole thing is that he's the best striker. You know, this puncher. He's got this left hand. Da, 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 da. Let him lose twice to somebody else by strikes. That's fine. All yeah, right, I'm okay with that. I like that.
1: Uh, who's judging this fight?
0: Well, actually, uh, Mark Mundy of ESPN broke the news, and it's been reported uh, several other places as well that the judges for this one are going to be Salimata, Derek Cleary, and Junichiro Kamija for this fight. All right, so we already Solid know that. Crew. We already know that, uh, and and actually, uh, Mark Mundy announced that they are making sixteen hundred dollars each for this. So that tells you what a Nevada judge makes. At the UFC championship level, um, a lot less than boxing. It's
1: it's about six ish times less than a boxing judge makes. And from what I hear, I mean, I don't know how true it is. They do a lot better. Oh, MMA
0: judges than boxing judges. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yes. yeah. They they are of. Uh, I think they do their job better but you yeah, know mm-hmm. probably a little biased just because i like mma and i follow it better at this point than i do boxing well there was a time where i loved boxing and, and i've kind of moved on from that you know there, there are things that pull me back and then things that i'm like whatever but also i'm not as i wouldn't say i'm an expert at judging now the experts are the judges but i know much more about mma judging than i do about boxing judging so i try to rein it in when i can and sometimes the, it gets the better of me <laughs> Yeah. But uh a fight to watch other than than the main event here. I mean there's gotta be something
1: that you're interested in other than that, right? Well it's not tied to Avasa and uh Greg Hardy. It's never Greg Hardy. It's definitely not that. F him. Sorry. <laughs> F him. Uh my fight is Ryan Hall versus Ilya Tapuria. Okay. I think that Tapuria is a killer. Ryan Hall is extremely dangerous. Like likes to hurt legs. Tapped out BJ Penn. I think it's just <laughs> Yeah, sorry. How do you feel about Ryan um, Hall based on that? Hey, you got to pass the torch at some point. It's true. It's true. Um, you, you can't hate it. Yeah, no. But yeah, Ryan Hall, Fantastic's on the ground. Taporia strong in his hands and very good on the ground. Curious where this where this lands. Okay, uh, I'm gonna gotta go pick. out on a limb and take Hall by sub early because I think that's really the only shot he has. I will also say Ryan Hall. I guess I have to say round
0: one sub. Yeah, yeah.
1: When they're dry, that's that's a shot. Okay. Although he did outstruck uh, Gray Manor. So I will point that
0: out. That was entirely Gray Maynard's fault. So he, he lost that fight more than Ryan Hall won that fight. We should do that fight sometime just because it's such a weird fight. All right. Maybe. <laughs> in fact, I almost feel like we have to do two great, very strange Gray Maynard fights. It, it's I mean, almost going to be like our worst show. But we're going to do that fight, and we're going to do Gray Maynard against Clay Guida, which happened at Revel in Atlantic City a bunch of years back. And that is a trash five-round fight but it was a split decision and i kind of want to know how i feel about it watching it on tv watching it on a screen okay. cuz i was there for that one and i was the the media positions for that fight were a little strange and a little mm. farther away than normal mm. um it was a weird setup at revel great casino when it was there it was fun just you know they spent too much money and they couldn't afford to do it the way they did it what is, what is yeah. it called now it's not called revel uh, Res- is it ocean resort ocean, is that the one
1: or... it put, i honestly I, I don't know ocean casino i haven't resort. been to ac in a long time I ac is either. kind of uh dying it's dying. Mean, it's basically dead. it's it's dying yeah <laughs> it's not it's it's definitely not what it used
0: to be i mean it was also pretty terrible anytime you walked about a block away it's you know it's not a nice place
1: oh yeah 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 no stay on the boardwalk yes. and <laughs> and in the casino or
0: they they have the shops the, the little shops area they have is oh that's yes yeah, that's,
1: that's more new though it,
0: I mean, it's that's not that newer. new. It's been around. Oh, yeah, but I mean. It was there when I was in college yeah, but 13 I mean, that's years like, ago. That's
1: like the last time they tried to build the city up. Yeah,
0: that's fair. That's fair. It's new-ish. That's fair. Yeah. I'm still mad that the subway there wouldn't take my credit card. They said I had to hit the minimum. You take credit cards, you got to take it. Listen,
1: I, I mean, I, I'm kind of upset you went the subway, but other than that. I mean, what else is there? Right there. I don't know what exactly. else is right there. Not, I'm not would, gonna find like a, a nice something. Jersey I deli would, sitting there. There's a White House subs is one of the best subs, but I don't know where it is in AC. For all I know, that As didn't for, even exist then. I've never. No oh no, it's it's like I've never been. 80 here. years old. I've never been. But here. uh, yeah, I got Subway. That's like the bottom of the barrel. Like I'm I I might choose going hungry over eating Subway.
0: I liked Subway back in the day, uh, but also this was a time where we didn't realize that uh, Jared. Was just a, an awful, disgusting. Oh, this file. was a long time ago. It so was a different era of Subway. Was
1: this before their bread to meat ratio was ten to one?
0: I I thought I got a decent amount of meat back okay. then. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was fine. I I don't know when the last time I had Subway.
1: I remember one time I, I I was getting like an egg white sandwich there, and they pulled out like this egg white patty out of the the, the trough where all the toppings are. I was like. You know, I'm good. I'm good, man. Out. <laughs> I had that same
0: thought with so, McDonald's uh, quarter pounder one time. I haven't oh. eaten McDonald's in <laughs> like 12 years because I was eating it one day. And I mean, it's not like they were preparing in front of me, but I, I was like, I'm eating this. I'm like, this is the blandest burger. What is this? And I looked at it and I'm like, nope, I'm done. Yeah, I, I And I had eaten McDonald's since I was like three years old. I, I used to eat it all the time. So for me to like get to the point where I'm like, I'm walking away. And I'm a, still a big fast food guy. It's not that I'm anti-fast food, but I am anti-McDonald's. Fast get fu- that stuff out.
1: Fast food has made leaps and bounds. Well, it's, it's also changed, it's, too. It's, it's, it's gotten, not just like, fast
0: food now. It's fast casual. So you got yeah, like five so, it's, guys. It's an, oh, it's, there's had, different varieties of fast food. Like Wendy's is not... Five Guys—they're two different types of fast food, completely. Yeah, fast uh, Five Guys on another level.
1: It's mm-hmm.
0: like a step up. Well, I think it's just different. I love Wendy's, I really do, but I also do really like Five Guys, and I think they're very different. Do you ever
1: just opt for the single?
0: Oh, at um at Five Guys, yeah. Or do you always just get the double? <sighs> I used to always get the double. I want to say I probably still have been getting that, but I don't know the last well, time i Because you podcast. make the
1: mistake when you order. You're like, yeah, I'll just take a burger. No, I don't make the mistake. Oh, I, I actually always, make the yeah.
0: – because com- my wife, when when we go, she will get the single. She mm-hmm. will always get the single. So I know that I can do that, and then I opt not to. Oh, that's a yeah. <laughs> good option. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> I know I can. <laughs> i tell you one, one time, uh, real quick, because I, I got to get to my fight so then we can let people go because I'm sure they're sick of talking. Listen, let's talk about fast food. I was working in the city, and I was walking over to, for lunch to uh, five guys. There was a man outside who uh, probably was homeless, and he was asking to buy me food. And I was like, right, fine. So I, you know, I was like, all right, let's go in. I'm like, what do you, you know, I'll get you, a, I'll get you a burger. And he's like, nah, nah, give me this, 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 this. I'm like, guy, I'm going to get you a burger. <laughs> he's like trying to put that, put together like a, like a 20 food order. I'm like, guy, I can't do that. I don't have that kind of money. later. I mean, I can't just do that all the time. I'll give you a meal. I'm happy to do that. But you also don't need that much food right this moment. So I bought him a burger and he was like still complaining about it the whole time. Like, all right, whatever.
1: Ungrateful. Look, I, I still feel good
0: about it. I mean, it's not about me. It's about trying to help somebody. But, like, at the same time, I'm like, God, what are you doing? What do you need all that food for? Anyway, my fight to watch, sir. And I think this is a fight you're probably excited for, too. Nico Price, Michelle Pereira, 170 pounds of wacky, awesome fun. This should be insane. It? It's
1: going to be so great. I hope there's at least two backflips.
0: I just – honestly, I fight. just want this fight I, – I this seems like the typical – awesome fight that goes eight minutes and we get a winner somewhere yeah and i god uh, well, for i don't know me. I mean, yeah price is very tough he is very tough. and, and pejera has shown himself to be very durable as well and, and very offensive minded of course but i've seen nico price finished i you know i wouldn't rule out his durability necessarily he's durable but i mean he fights a lot of guys and he puts himself out there to the point where he can get hit pretty bad um overall I, everything you hear about nico price is that he's such a great guy nice guy so it's, it's easy to root for him um I am picking Michelle Pereira here,
1: though. Bye.
0: I'm going to say decision, actually, even though I said what I said.
1: <laughs> so, okay. So, you, this is a super exciting fight that you're ready to watch for the potential of a wildness
0: yes because i think it, anything can happen that's that's what's best about this fight anything can happen you you tell me paera yeah. somehow wins by sub fine I, I mean it's not really the likeliest but i would actually believe it's somehow happening
1: what worries me is about these anything can happen fights is that that one thing that we don't want to happen happens
0: you mean where michelle paera ends up losing uh by dq yeah maybe that yeah. to diego sanchez <laughs> The yeah, most unlikeliest that. of scenarios where Diogo Sanchez gets his final win in the Octagon.
1: Or like we know By playing
0: plan. the game, taking the the uh, the penalty here in the DQ, and, and moving on with his life. And you know what? I, I think I said it then. I'll say it again. More power to him. He did the right thing.
1: Yeah, I- I'm going with Price. Okay. Second round knockout. I like or it. Or TKO. I, yeah, it does Finish. Um, strikes-based finish. Yeah. Okay. And then after he gets the finish, maybe put him in Omo Plata. <laughs> but uh, that'd
0: be pretty cool. And as always, give me a go go plata somewhere on this card. That's what I want. Anyone, maybe literally Ryan. anyone. Oh. oh my
1: god. Okay, I got a big question. Before okay, we, before we go, last Con- thing: Conor McGregor finishes Dustin Poirier with a go go. Oh, he's the goat.
0: All right, he's the goat. Fair, obviously. Fair. I'm it's gonna easy. hold you to it now. I look. I, if he finishes Dustin Poirier with a go go plata, I'm gonna find a way to write something for work about that. All I, right. I'm. I'm gonna be camping this weekend. I can't even watch the fights live, Dan. I'm gonna be somewhere where apparently there is. No cell service. I am not looking forward well, that, to that part of it. Well, yeah, and well, I anyway. Well, I wouldn't look forward to camping. I'm also um, not necessarily the most excited for this one, but <laughs> I'm like, when we get there, I'm going to put it aside. I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to be with friends and family. Uh, my, my boys, I'm sure, are going to have a blast, and that's really what it's all about. But they go to bed, and it's, uh, I'm going to say it's probably about midnight, and I'm sure I'm not going to be asleep yet because I'm a night owl. Mm. Uh, I'm going to be thinking about that fight. And I'm gonna be wishing I well, could just take ha- the car and drive off. But you then, don't even you know, have to be like, service. Where's Scott going?
1: Oh, you're gonna, you gonna drive off to find some self-service? No, no, service? I can't do that. I can't do that. That's... I can't even text you what <laughs> rounds we're gonna be doing. No, no,
0: no, leave me alone. Everybody, leave me alone. Uh, anyone who texts me, you know, typically understand I'm not gonna he- see it. Um, and try not to spoil it for me because I'm gonna try and get it somehow without spoilers. Mm. It's probably not gonna happen. We'll see what I can do.
1: That's going to do it for this episode of the Couchside Judges. Thanks for tuning in. We will be back, and I hope we have some great fights on this weekend. Uh, I do hope the main event uh, gets me more excited as the week goes on.
0: I'll have to see if I can even catch up on enough rounds to talk about Monday. We might have to split it between Monday's show and a a later in the week show. We'll see.
1: We could do that, too. We'll figure it out. We're kind of exhausting past judgments a bit. We'll figure it
0: out. All right. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the weekend. I hope Dan does. Take care. Have a good one.